And now, from the dry hills of Santa Clarita, California, it's time for America's least listened to podcast. It's Christianese with your blessing-filled hosts, Jared Burkholder, Dan Satchoff, and Brian Irwin. And we're just kidding, not really Brian Irwin, because uh, we did have him on recently, but he's not on today. Well, it just, it'd just be a lot of work to retape it, you know what I mean? It would be. That's not would be a lot of work. Jared Burkholder, Dan Satchoff, Christianese, full regular episode today. Had a couple hot topics in a row, didn't we? Fully regs, pal. Fully regs. Fully regs. I'm going to get right to it because today we are joined by a very special guest, somebody who I know and love, has been a great friend of mine since high school, can you believe it? Back in the 30s, right after the Dust Bowl. Right, right. Um, Were you guys on the same... Flatbread truck coming out to California. Yeah, we were on Grimsor the style. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. was more the Lenny type. Right. And uh, he did kill a couple puppies. You said you have to kill. Yeah, yeah, but that's just him out to a tree and yeah, yeah. that's just what you have to do. Sure. Um, big. We've all been there. Yeah, big, dumb, but sweet, and has a great heart. Um, <laughs> my good friend Jim Rogers from high school. Jim, welcome to Christianese. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. It is so good to have you. Now, let me tell you, Jim and I, we go back so far that we used to, here's what I remember of so many things. But first of all, I remember going with you to see ZZ Top at Red Rocks. Am I right? Yes, that was the first. <laughs> and I think that was my first concert ever. And then also we used to listen to ZZ Top and Warren Zevon endlessly in his bedroom because his we took his older brother's albums. Didn't we take those or did he give those to you, Jim? He just he left them there when he was traveling around, and so we would go through his collection and just play the good ones. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Jim opened Jim Broadened by Horizons because I had never heard Warren Zevon. And so we started listening to his music and ZZ Top. I'd never heard ZZ Top, and I was like, how can all that music come out of three guys? And it was kind of before they were like really their resurgence later on in the 80s with uh, – with a lot of their albums, but anyway, it was so much fun. So Jim was like one of my first friends. I switched to I switched high schools, and okay. he was one of the first people to be. Oh, like, actually, you switched junior high. Oh, junior high. You're right. Yeah, junior. You guys go back to junior high. That's right, all the way to junior high. Yeah, from to Manning, right? Yeah. Because yeah, that's right. So Jim was one of the first people to treat the new kid cool. That's awesome. He's such a good dude. But uh, anyway, Jim has listened to the show, and so we've been corresponding about that and other things for a long time. But so we wanted to have you on. So Jim, you have the floor. Well, I, I think our friendship kind of began as a kind of the forced proximity of alphabetization. <laughs> you know, with R and S, we've kind of sat next to each other that's, a lot. That's, that's and, very and it's true. Like, okay, here's this kid, and here's me, and okay, R and S, let's be friends. <laughs> R and S, let's be friends. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll put that on a shirt. Uh, you need some merch. That'll be good. Oh, yeah. We do need merch. See, well, why don't we never think of that stuff? It takes the brainiacs like Jim to think of that stuff. we're so benevolent. We just don't ever think about making money. Yeah, sure. Right. As far as you know. Right. Um, Jim, tell us what you... Now, you're in Northern California, right? I am in Northern California. And what do you do up in Northern California? I, I have a tutoring business and a, an adult testing business. So That is uh, fantastic. So it, how is... How is business? It is good. That's it is, great. It is a nice job. It's an easy job. It's a fun job. I get to teach. I've been singing the 
quadratic equation formula all week. Can't get it out of my head. <laughs> I'll teach you that song later if you want it. I, uh, I'm going to say, Jared already knows it, but I would like to learn yeah, it because yeah. Jared's been Probably. through through seminary. You so know, he knows Funny story about Bible college. I didn't actually have to take math in college. I just had to take a science course. So <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't studied math since 2003. Wow. All right. I could teach you the quadratic equation real quick. It's nice. That's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. It's too late, um, it's too late Jim. Yeah. So you, we, you sent us an email one time to our email address that I thought was, was so interesting. And, and as we talked this week, kind of preparing for the show, um, I, I thought it would be really interesting to explore this idea that you had. And do you want to do you want to tee it up and kind of frame it there, Jim? Uh, what you know, the floor is yours. I would just love to talk to you about this. But anything else that you want to talk about? Well, I, I had some context I thought I'd give to your other listener. Absolutely, hi, Jared's mom. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. Make sure he, she understands where that's coming from. He knows the gag. I love it. Uh, and then, and then I've, I've, I've kind of crafted this thing into what I think is a clever segue into my question. So excellent. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, as I was thinking about, you know, Dan and I go back 40 years, we were like the early eighties. Wow. And one of the first things that I noticed about you was your incredible talent. You know, you were funny. You could act, you could sing, you played the drums, you played the piano, you did magic. And I thought, you know, here's a guy compared to all of us, this area who actually had something interesting about him because the rest of us were all just teenage boys, teenage girls being weird. Uh, but, but you had this, uh, you know, had this talent that was, it was just, people were drawn to that. And then the next thing I noticed is that you were incredibly kind. I was a talentless, you know, 13 year old. And I remember when you started a band, do you remember this? When oh, you tried yeah. to start a band? That's right. And you had, Jeff on the trumpets and people singing and doing things, right? So Jared, what he did is he said, okay, well, I got to include Jim. I'll, I'll make him the manager. <laughs> you know, how nice is that? And Jim was a great manager. manager. What am I going to do? I'm going to go negotiate your gigs and get your writers for you. So you were talented, but you were very nice. And, nice. and that just was a great thing to have as a friend. And then what led me into thinking about my question is, you're one of the people I admire because even from that age, you knew what you were going to do. If you went back 40 years in a time machine, Jared, and asked Dan, what are you going to be doing when you're grown up? He would say, I'm going to be an entertainer. I'm going to be in Los Angeles. I'm going to be in Hollywood. That was it. <laughs> and you did that. I mean, you had this laser focus of thing. You went to a college that had performing arts. You pursued your dream. You, you did amazing things just to get there. I, on the other hand, kind of have things happen to me and I was and I was thinking comparatively I can't think of a single major life event that I actually made a conscious decision that's what I want to do interesting it just kind of happened and you know where I ended up what I'm doing I got a wife 26th anniversary this week which was kind of fun congratulations uh, two great kids thank you uh, and I'm completely happy with where I ended up but it just all just kind of happened mm. So this is going to lead somewhere eventually. Stay with me. That's great. Okay? You're doing great. Uh, I grew up a Lutheran. Okay. Jared asked me why I was Lutheran. Hey, Jim, uh, just a random question. Why, do you, why would you say you were a Lutheran growing up? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My parents took me to a Lutheran church. And we had a great youth group, and I liked the people. I'm still friends with a lot of them. We had a really dynamic pastor. It was a lot of fun. 
So when we moved to California, it just so happened that the closest church to us was a Lutheran church, so we went to this Lutheran church. Hmm. It's a small church. It's got a organ, piano, choir, and when they want to jazz it up a little bit, they'll Terry will plug in the electric bass, hmm. and Pat will play the flute. That's awesome. And, but that's about it. Jazz flute, Jim, or just regular flute? Nope, just, just a regular flute. Okay, all right. About six miles away, there's another Lutheran church that is huge comparatively. They have hmm. a sound system, the pastor's mic. They have a full-on band, drums, hmm. electric guitar, electric bass, horns. You know, it, it's just a completely different situation. The hymnals are the same. The message is the same. The atmosphere is completely different. So that started me thinking about some things. Uh, getting to my point then is you've said on the podcast, Dan, you, you came into your faith late in life. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you didn't just kind of fall into it. It was, it was something you thought about. It was something you deliberated and you made a decision. This is what I want to do. You just didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm a Baptist. <laughs> that's right. It kind of, you made a decision. Right. And that's because of your personality. Jared, from what I've heard from you talk about on the podcast, I'm assuming you had the same kind of progression. It just didn't happen to you. You kind of knew early on this, this was going to be what I was going to do. Right. So my question is, let, let's say there's, there's a person named Rodney in Omaha. And he accidentally downloads your podcast. Hmm. Uh, before he notices his mistake, he's listened to a few episodes. <laughs> yeah. And he was looking for Adam Carolla, yeah. but he finds us instead. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the message resonates with him. And he thinks, you know, there's a hole in my life. Hmm. And maybe if I have a relationship with God, that will take care of things. So I need to start looking into this. So he gets a phone book. And Dan, you can explain to Jared what a phone book is. Right. <laughs> Thank you. No, I saw it on one of the Naked Gun movies. I know what's going on. <laughs> you did? Okay, good. Uh, so he looks, and there's 16 pages of church. And he thinks, okay, do I pick the one that's got the best ad? Do I pick the one that's the biggest? Do I pick the one that's the closest to me? Do I pick the one that has the best band? Hmm. Uh, you know, is it, do I do Methodist, Catholic, Baptist, American or Southern Baptist, Lutheran, Evangelical, or Missouri Synod? And it, it, it kind of thought, you know, if this is a person coming into faith for the first time, like Dan, who didn't have any guidance, mm-hmm. it would be like me trying to buy toilet paper. Right. I cannot do it because <laughs> I stand in front of the stuff and there's just too many things to pick from. And I don't know the difference between them. So you've just opted to go without so, toilet paper. I agree. Good, good, good call. Yeah. So I have to call my wife literally and say, which ones do I get? And she tells me. <laughs> which flavor? Like, I love it. That's so great. So I thought my question to Dan was, you know, what was it that led you to, is it Grace, Grace Baptist? That's right. That name of your church? Yeah. yeah. You know, what led you there? And then Jared, more, more broadly, if you have a person who is coming into faith for the first time, what could you tell them about finding the place that's right for them? Is, is that a, you know, is, is that a decision somebody should make? Is that something they should let happen to them? And I'll take my answer off the air. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. That was the best setup of any question we ever. That was the best, that man. Was you are, you need to you need to write our show from now on. I think you hey, need to produce you, our show. Would you manage our show? Yeah. Sure. Would you be our manager, please? Jim? I actually did have long time listener, first time caller on my thing. But I, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dude, I yeah, first of all, manager. okay, good, good. I'm glad you agreed. Um, that's such a great and thoughtful question, and it's so good. I mean, that again, that's why we love to have people on the show because sometimes we can't because 
Jared and I, we, <laughs> hey, there's nobody who wants to come on sometimes. B, we can't schedule it. And, um, and C, uh, you know, sometimes people don't listen to the show and so they don't have a good concept of, of what the show's about. I so appreciate that you have actually listened to the show. And um, to answer your question, for me, finding, uh, you know, it was weird. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the air, but but my wife was the kind of the catalyst. I always identified as a Christian. Like in high school, if you would have asked me, Jim, was I a Christian? I would have said, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. But I had no idea. I had no idea what that meant because you went to youth group. I mean, I'm sure you had more of a basis. Uh, and it's interesting. You and I never talked about that in high school, I don't think, which is so fascinating to me. But you probably at least had some context for it. I had zero context other than I knew the Lord's Prayer. And I remember I did pray, but it was always praying for things and like help me with this or that or, or make this happen or that. It was prayers of supplication, I guess you would say, um, asking for things. Um, never, uh, never really contemplating on oh, what's God's will for this. Like I'm sure, it, I'm sure his will. If you assume he's God and he's sovereign and he knows everything is going to be, he's going to have a better handle on things than I am. But uh, when I started dating my wife, I remember she asked me a question that kind of blew my mind. One of our first dates, she was like, "Hey, if somebody murders somebody, can they go to heaven?" And I was like, no way. Are you kidding me? That's, that's, were you afraid that Jill was trying to murder you when she was? (laughs) Yes, I was. I thought she was a serial killer. Uh, There was, uh, there was a chance that I thought, uh, you know, maybe she was uh, Lizzie Borden in disguise. Right. Um, But at least, which was the big axe in her purse, right? (laughs) Exactly. Is that an axe in your purse? You're just happy to see me. Um, But so anyway, I, I remember we, um, we started going to Grace, not because it was Baptist. I wasn't even, I didn't even know what really a denomination was either. I mean, I knew there were denominations, but I certainly didn't know the difference. We went, honestly, because uh, Grace does an outreach um, for kids every summer called Summer Adventure Now that used to be what everybody would call a VBS, a vacation Bible school. So our kids were uh, would always love to go to that. And it was really fun. And it was just a, it was a fun experience. And of course, as a parent, you know, Jim, you, you always want the best for your kids. You want to give them a good underpinning, a good foundation. And a lot of times people are kind of drawn to, well, I guess I should start with God. They should know who God is, whether you even know who God is or not. But you're like, well, my kids should probably have that. It's funny how people gravitate to that. I'll see people who come to Summer Adventure, Jared, and they're like, they really don't know anything about God, but they're just like, well, we should do this. Right. Yeah. Probably sounds like yep. a good thing to do. Yeah. So that's how we got drawn to grace. And then after a while, I kept hearing things that resonated with me. And the main thing was, um, of course, I, before this, I had had a Bible study with my brother-in-law. So that's kind of where I first heard that, um, oh, it's not about how good you are. It, it's I can never be good enough. It's about God reaching out to me and saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wipe away all the 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 bad stuff you've ever done, or I'm gonna I'm gonna not wipe it out, but I'm gonna accept you because of the work of Christ, not because of who you are." Because I was up to that point, I was just like, "Oh, let's see. if you're good enough, you'll go to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. You'll have eternal life." But so for me, it was just actually I was blown away because I'd never really read the Bible. So the fact that these people opened the Bible and read from the Bible. And then I could see that this stuff that was written thousands of years ago was actually relevant to what I was going through in any given situation. It blew my mind. It's like, that's weird. How is that happening that that is relevant to me? And Jared said that in a recent podcast that, you know, we the things we have in common with people in Nigeria or somewhere as Christians probably transcend and are greater than that of somebody we would know even here. Yeah. 
in the U.S. You know, so for me, that's the answer, Jim. Is I just I just kind of went somewhere because uh, my wife suggested it, and I was like, eh, that sounds like a good thing. But over time, I heard what was truth, and I was less. I don't know that I ever have thought about. Oh, it's a Baptist church. I mean, I you know I say Grace Baptist because that's what it's called, but I don't even know that we we stress the Baptist part of it. I'm sure there's some people who do, but Jared, go ahead, take your. Uh, yeah, I take think your, more broadly, um, it's helpful to think about the the umbrella of evangelicalism. Right, so there's there's Roman Catholicism, there's Mormonism, there's Jehovah's Witness, um, and some of those kind of fold themselves under the the umbrella of Christendom, Christendom, which is is a really big and broad umbrella. And actually, if you get into to the weeds of some of those different sects or um, or religions, you're actually going to find substantive differences that that put them at odds with each other. So they couldn't both be true. But under the umbrella of what's called evangelicalism, evangelicalism is um, Christianity that believes the gospel of Jesus Christ is what uh, causes us to be to be saved from our sin, um, and so under evangelicalism you have yeah you have Lutherans you have Presbyterians you have uh, Charismatics you have Baptists you have non denominational um, you have the Southern Baptist Convention which is huge and and I think the way to think about it is if they're if, if they believe the gospel of Jesus Christ if they believe that salvation happens by grace alone through faith alone not on what not based on what we could do. We're not incrementally working our way to God in order to earn salvation, but but salvation comes with the free gift of what Jesus did. Um, believing that, uh, I'm having some brain farts, dude. That's okay. I'm having these brain farts. Well, I think it's the mushrooms you did before we started the pro- podcast. You know I've started taking statins, and apparently you have memory <laughs> loss with statins. I've been taking them really? for three weeks. Jesus. By the way, while you gather your thoughts, I just wanted to tell you, Jim, we're broadcasting remotely from Jared's estate today. And the thing I like best about as I drive down Jared's street is there's actually a purple garage with a unicorn painted on the front painted of it. Hand-painted yeah. by the owner. Yeah. Right. So that's so the kind of art you don't get in a lot of That ones. gives me a great sense of peace. Anyway, is that giving you a second to gather? Your... Oh, okay, good. So under the, the umbrella of evangelicalism, churches that believe the gospel, there are differences of, of maybe how to do church or of emphasis um, but what they all agree on is is the big stuff, is mm-hmm. how people are saved, how people are brought into the family of God, how, how that sin issue is taken care of. And so some of the different flavors then, be it you know Lutherans or Methodists or Presbyterians or non-denominational, is really just, uh, I think a lot of them would say this, right? So I'm going to go to a conference in April. There's going to be like 7,000 pastors there, tens of 20-some denominations represented there. Um, but we're all coming together. The conference is called Together for the Gospel. We're all coming together because we, we the thing that we cherish the most is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, if we were to start talking kind of the, the we, in the weeds of ministry a little bit, Presbyterians baptize babies. Uh, they, they see an Old Testament precedent for that that they carry over to the New Testament. Baptists don't baptize babies. They baptize people who profess faith in Christ, and they do it by immersion. So that's not a huge difference, but it's significant enough that it would be tough for us to, to kind of do ministry in the same context there. Um, thank you for that. Non-denominational people are really just want to be kind of a catch-all, right? So they don't want some of those denominational distinctives or divisions. They just want to they want to be defined by not being defined. Uh, Presbyterians have a little bit of a different way of governing themselves, right? So in the Baptist world, each church is self-governing. Presbyterians belong to a, a session, and then a Presbyterian. There's kind of a national conference. It's the same with Lutherans, right? Hmm. Um, that provide oversight into individual churches as well. Interesting. So when you when you back up from all of that. Uh, if they're churches that affirm the gospel of Jesus Christ, then I, I don't want to trivialize it because there are some there are some differences that that people would would believe very strongly. But ultimately, it's a it's a different flavor kind of thing. Right. So what I think is really cool about different denominations 
in evangelicalism is no no one denomination captures the full essence and beauty of what God is like. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so First Corinthians twelve. Uh, in First Corinthians 12, Paul talks about just the different gifts that God gives. And so it's really easy to want to all be a certain, he uses the analogy of the body. It's really easy to all want to be an eye or a head or something like that. But somebody's got to be the butt, right? Um, <laughs> I'm the it's, butt. It's I am. All, okay, I admit I, it. I'm, I'm glad the you butt. said it because we all think it. Yeah. It's it's putting all those pieces of the body together that you actually have a whole body, right? Right. And, and I think this is even true in terms of diversity. So yeah. it's really common that white people go to like to go to church with white people and brown people go with brown people, black yeah. people, black people. Um, and it's actually in in the diversity of all those people together that the fullness of God's beauty is seen, right? God right. has an intention not just to save white people, but to save people from every tribe and tongue and nation. Right. And he doesn't have a preference for any one people group or culture. It's when all of those come together that the full breadth of his beauty is seen. So that's what I would say about denominations. Certainly there are, there are differences um, that, that move from kind of the secondary or tertiary level to a primary level because it would involve some kind of compromise about the gospel itself or about the character of God or the character mm-hmm. of his word. Um, but when there are secondary, tertiary, quartiary differences. Wow, that's a big I word. Know, I don't know if that's a word. Um, they're not insignificant differences, but mm-hmm. they're not significant enough to actually cause us to divide from each other. Right. Um, so even though people would, would meet and congregate in different churches kind of with different practices, uh, we would recognize that under the umbrella of, of evangelicalism, people who believe and affirm the gospel um, there, there are different ways of doing things, right? And, and I think one of the things about just living in a broken world is it, it's hard for us to know things. It's hard to know everything with absolute certainty, right? right. We believe God has spoken very clearly uh, that there is such a thing as absolute truth. Our apprehension of that sometimes um, is, is there's gradations of that. Yeah. So there are things that we would say we're willing to die for, like the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yep. And there's things that we can just we can discuss amicably. Like, like baptism. Like baptism, right? right? But that still doesn't mean, you know, if someone has a different conviction about that, uh, they might have a congregation that affirms that conviction. Our congregation affirms that. But it's not a deal breaker. It's not a deal breaker. And Jim, to, to, to answer the other part of your question, I would say just from my standpoint, again, this is somebody who's not been to seminary and I'm not particularly, you know, I'm getting to know the Bible certainly a lot more as I get a lot older, but I don't have a lot of education in it. But I would say for me now, having been through what I've been through, learning and hearing what I've heard at church, it would be... Uh, I would want to have. I would want to go to a church where somebody does open the Bible and and read the Word of God, because otherwise, then I would just think that okay, it's just a guy, it's just a man, and you know, I don't have confidence in 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 men all the time and their their ideas of things. So, I'd, for me, if it were me now, having the benefit of God, going to a church, I'd want somebody who opens the Word of God sometimes and looks at it and says, okay, here's what the Word of God says. How do we apply that? First of all, what's the context that is being talked about um, as somebody reads it because all that stuff was meant for, like, for instance, the letters that Paul wrote. There was a certain context of the people that he was writing those letters to. So we have to understand what that is so we don't get off track. And then also how then from there, how do we apply it to our lives? Right. So, right. Jim, yeah. does that does that feel like a satisfactory answer to your question or not really? Yes, it does. And, and I had kind of a follow-up question then is, is then – are the denominations more of like a human construct uh, that now I just lost my train of thought. Thanks, Jared. (laughs) Jim, are you taking statins Uh, too? Yeah. That happens to, that happens to Jared all the time. It's a human construct that, that is like separate from the word and the gospel. And then do the rituals themselves become kind of exclusionary 
you know, we uh-huh. do it this way in our church. Well, in our uh-huh. church, we do it this way in our church. You know, in our church, we kiss snakes. Okay, you know, are they are they trying to one up or differentiate themselves and say, okay, no, we are the true and you are not, or is everybody kind of like, yeah, you do it differently, but we're we're all kind of on the same page. Yeah, what a great question, Jared. Yeah, it's good. I think there's probably two categories of that. So yeah. one is there are differences that are exclusionary. So right, um, uh, if we were to approach people from like an Episcopalian denomination. Uh, it would look very similar to the Presbyterians or the Lutherans. Um, it would sound similar to what we do, but they, I would say there's a, a form of Episcopalianism that actually denies the gospel, right? So they have the trappings of Christianity, but they've kind of they've migrated away from the gospel, right? So at that point, it's not just a different way of doing things. It's actually a different gospel. In what way? Can you give me a specific in that example? Yeah, so there's a, there's a, a, li- a liberal form of Episcopalianism that, that kind of elevates uh, cultural norms over what God says. Okay. Right? Um, so, so culture rather than God's word. Yeah, and they would probably never articulate it that way, but sure. in terms of how their theology actually works out, it's more like that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I think there are some differences that themselves become exclusionary. But then I think, you know, intramurally, under the umbrella of evangelicalism, it's not so much the differences, it's it's, it's how you hold those differences. So mm-hmm. certainly there are people, I grew up in a movement um, that was Baptistic, it was a very conservative Baptistic movement. And for them, unless you were just like them, you, you were you were bad, really, right? and so even really minute things like the kind of music that you listen to, and for even some groups, the translation of the Bible that you use is exclusive, right? Really, um, but then then there are others. I mean, like we're part of a Baptist movement that sure. is, is broad, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so people could pass in and out of our our Baptist movement. They could go to a Presbyterian church or a, a non denominational church or other denominations and not really feel like there's much difference because mm-hmm. uh, we have differences, but we don't hold them in a way that is exclusive. Mm-hmm. So I think it some differences are themselves exclusive or exclusionary. You know, they, they kind of draw lines. And then I think it's possible to hold the same differences as other people, but to hold them in such a vitriolic way mm-hmm. um, that your goal is then to divide and separate from other people. Yeah. Did that answer the question? Yeah. I'm just still thinking about Rodney trying to figure things out. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I would say... Make a decision. And, and I think this was, this was kind of what your, your goal of the podcast was, I think, is to, is to kind of strip away all the, you know, you call it the Christianese. And to me, some of the rituals are Christianese. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we stand up at this time, we sit at this time, we, you know, we do this, we say this, we wave the incense, you know. That is kind of a Christianese because it's, it's only in that situation that we do these things and it's different from other people. Uh, so if, if, you know, you are reaching people and you're doing your evangelical thing and, and talking to people and they make a decision, okay, I'm going to look into this, just as a pragmatic, I have I own two businesses, so I just say think bottom line. You know, where does this person start? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think a couple of principles could could help, and I think I come from, uh, especially now, we're part of a tradition that emphasizes less um, the the trappings of religion and more. And I don't like the word authentic because it's so overplayed. But no, more I get it. The, but yeah, the realistic day to day impact of the gospel in life, right? right? Um, so we don't. I mean, certainly there are moments where we stand up and sit down, and we're gonna we're gonna sing songs, um, but we're we're not necessarily creedal, right? We're not swinging incense. I, I don't wear robes when I preach, um, because for us the gospel is not something that's separate, right? So there's not a clergy laity divide. I just happen to get paid and have studied to do this. Although right? I think a robe would be flattering for you. I think it would be. Yeah. Of course, those collars are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think you probably get like discounts at Subway and stuff. I would like take that. one in just a little bit at the waist to show off your lats. Yeah, you think so? But other than that, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. So full disclosure, those are those. I, I got surgery for those lats. Those Perfect. Okay. I figured collagen. those. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Didn't want to say anything. 
I appreciate that. Okay, America, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Um, so, so we're part of a tradition that that tends to minimize the traditional elements of religion because we don't want to reinforce for ourselves or those who would come to our church um, that what we do on Sunday is different from what we're doing on Monday, right? So we really believe stringently that that the things that we talk about on Sunday actually equip us for the rest of the week, um, and are meant to speak into that. Um, but I, I take your point that that Rodney and people like him. It's just, it's hard to make a decision. And so I, I think rather than starting with the denomination, I think it's, I think there's a couple of key principles to, to start with, right? The first is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ clearly and unapologetically proclaimed, right? So uh, the, the gospel isn't just something for, for people who are lost. The gospel is something for Christians, right? What, what enables our ability to follow God in faithfulness and what enables us to do that joyfully is the fact that God continues to love and accept us, not because of our performance, but because of what Christ did, right? right. So we want to find a church that is found, everything we do is founded on that. I would say, second, uh, a church that that uh, talks or preaches from, from the Bible, right? So it's easy to go to a church where they have somebody who's a compelling orator, and they might have stories and things like that. But ultimately, uh, as a pastor, I don't really have anything to say. I don't have content to give people mm-hmm. um, apart from, from the Bible, right? Yeah. And so very... Very intentionally, every week, every weekend, we open up the Bible and speak from that, right? Because the only way I, as a 33-year-old, can connect with a 15-year-old and an 18-year-old and a 26-year-old and an 85-year-old is because God takes his word and he speaks through chumps like me, and the same spirit that inspired the word takes the word of God and applies it to people in different situations of life. Right. So you want to find a church that's rooted in the gospel, uh, that proclaims... um, that proclaims God's word very clearly. And I think a, a church that, that takes the mission of Christ seriously. So a church that isn't just about, it's not like a, a good old boys club, right? What makes the church different from the Rotary Club or any other number of associations is we have a distinct purpose that God has given us. Um, and that's to show the world how great he is. And so we talked about this with Nicholas a little bit, right? Yeah. That we're saved out of the world um, to God's kingdom. And right. we're meant to show the world what our king is like, right? And so that means that we should we should think about and care about the poor very tangibly. We should care about the widow and the orphan. Yeah. We should live distinct lives from those around us because we have a different set of priorities and a different hope. So that's pretty reductionistic. But I think those three guiding principles can could help someone not just like should I be Presbyterian or right. it's just you know do they do they affirm and proclaim the gospel without wavering? Do they open God's word and, and proclaim what He says? Right. As this is what God says. And do they understand the mission that God has called them to? Right. Exactly. Um, and I would, I would just add to that, Jim, anybody who is searching and who is, who is looking don't, you know, it, it does become preferences sometimes because like, well, do you, do you like there's a big freedom in that? Right? Yeah, there is freedom in that. So there's right? freedom. Like those three things, maybe some other ones we could identify that are important. You could yeah. go and say, you know what? I actually like more traditional music. Yeah. Find a church that does it. You could, I, I personally don't prefer that. So I would right. like a church that has a little bit more modern music. Right. There, there's, there's freedom to pursue some of those preferences, not to elevate those preferences over the, over our convictions. But Absolutely. In the context of our convictions to say, I prefer this and, and other people prefer this. And I think it's even good sometimes, like I know what we do sometimes, even when we're on vacation and a lot of people will be like, oh, that sounds like a great vacation, but we'll go to a local church and see, you know, it's interesting to see the differences because then you're like, oh, I, I you know, it, as long as, as long as they're talking about the main thing with, which for me is Jesus and who is Jesus and how does it relate to the Old Testament, the New Testament being the same book and the same story the revelation of who Jesus is, as long as that's at the center of it, I could care less about what the music is. It's actually really interesting to see that. And it's so interesting, Jim, that you are actually analyzing like your own experience, like, oh gosh, so where does was where does this come from? 
is this rooted in in scripture and has this stuff been added on to man and look look that's what man does right we we tend to add on to things and change things which can be fine as long as the the crucial message of who jesus is isn't diluted right and and that story right. of the of the gospel isn't isn't diluted and isn't changed. I think that's when it gets to be an issue. But for me, like as I hear you describe your church and then describe the other church, I mean it's totally cool. But as as a member of a big church, which I guess at one time could have been considered a mega church, to me I see the value and I still love my church and I'm I'm there for life. That's where I'm going to be because I love it and I I'm invested there and that's you know I don't want to be consumeristic about it and say oh I'm going to bail and go to this other place but I do see the value of a smaller church like totally yeah as you describe that there's something about it to me that is just so great because I love that feel you know as a church gets big it's like any big enterprise and Jim being as a businessman you you would understand this man the bigger something gets the harder it gets to manage right yeah 100% yep and I think I'm, sometimes I'm glad you you go ahead go ahead no, go ahead. I'm All done. Right. I'm glad, Jared, you brought up that bit about you know the, the freedom, because uh, there's three Lutheran churches in the area, and we, you know, three times a year we congregate together at one location, the other location, the other location. And I had this kind of guilty feeling that I didn't like the big church. I didn't like the band. You know, is, is it is it bad for me to not feel comfortable in this, even though the you know the message, the, everything was the same? I just didn't like the environment. You know, is there something wrong with me? I like the small, uh, you know, sharing of the peace in a big church is, oh, I don't like doing it anyway, but uh, (laughs) it's really awkward, you know? Uh, You know, the the small church, everybody that sits around you is the same people. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, you know, peace be with you, peace be with you. When you get a big church, it's like, oh, boy, these are a bunch of people I don't know. Exactly. So, I'm going to hold my peace. I have this guilty feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think it is important, though, um, and we talk about this at our church because we have yeah. um, we have four different services, and sometimes there's a different feel to some of those services. But we talk often. What matters is not that our our preferences are, are met, right? What matters is that uh, we would love people even in spite of of differences of preference, right? So I think it's great. I mean, I, I think like I go to a I go to the service on five thirty at Saturday night, which is a little bit more modern music than than the choir and orchestra that's there on Sunday, um, but. And this is sometimes hard for me, but but I need to love the people who who love the choir and orchestra, right? And I, I need to be willing to not have my love of different music be a hindrance to our fellowship. And and that's the same for them. And that's that's our, the danger I think of the preferential uh, piece to it is it can lead us to elevate preference over conviction, right? And so I, I completely right. agree with you, Jim. I think we have the freedom there to to, to say, you know, I I prefer this and I prefer this, as long as that doesn't become itself exclusive or exclusionary or a boundary to. Uh, a barrier to fellowship. Right. And I think both sides have benefits. Like sometimes a bigger church has more resources to do things like, I mean, as I've gotten older, it's become important to me to want to try to, how do you reach outside the walls of the church to do things uh, to help others, but but never just for the fact of helping them. You certainly want to help people, but you also want to make sure it's rooted in a platform for, hey, then how do I tell them about this information that I truly believe that that for eternity is important for them to know. Sometimes bigger churches have some of those resources, but sometimes smaller churches are more likely to actually act yeah, on that right. and do it and not and put their money where their mouth is rather than just talk a good game. There's less an expectation that other people are going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Because to our point of uh, the, the Christianese word of the day, we did one of the, this one day this week. It was like, uh, what was it, Jared? Um, 
it's my, not my spiritual gift. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. when somebody's trying to right. get out of, weasel out of doing oh, something. Gosh, I'd love to help, but that's just not my spiritual gift. <laughs> and so it's, I, I think that's really good. But, but Jim, it's so great that you're even, that you're thinking about this stuff. Because again, I get back to this whole idea of Socrates who said that uh, an unexamined life is not worth living. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that's one of the goals. And I'm so glad that you've brought this up and you put some thought into this because that's what we want to do with this is like, hey, all of us, let's, let's think about it. No matter what your worldview is, maybe you're Christian, right. maybe you're not Christian. That's why we love having Brian on when he's on. And, and that's just what, continue to dialogue together. Right. And that's why we like talking to Nicholas because I, I, Nicholas really was thinking through as we were talking this stuff. He wasn't just using talking points. He was really thinking it made us really think. Right. And I think that's good because so much of the time now in society, I don't think we're really thinking about what we believe. And if you examine it and you're like, okay, I still believe that no matter what your viewpoint is. Okay. Well, then at least you've looked at it. Right. Yeah. But it's really important to have those those kind of things. And I think it's it's amazing that you're doing that. I think it's amazing for your kids and your family that you're doing that. Because sometimes, you know, there are there are dads in a family or whatever, like, who are kind of checked out of that, you know? Well, I think it, for any one of us, there needs to come a point in life where we really stop and say, why do I believe this? Right. Do I believe it because it's true? Do I right. believe it because it's convenient? Do I believe it because I was raised in this? Right. And so if, if you were raised by atheistic parents somewhere, you need to ask that question. Yeah. If you were raised as a conservative Christian in Ohio somewhere as I was, you need to ask that question. Absolutely. Because if something's true, it'll stand up to scrutiny, right? So right. We, don't have to, we don't have to worry about asking hard questions of things because on the other side of, of hard questions will be truth. Jim, in your life, have you found that as you've gotten older, uh, now knowing this history that I know about you, has has your faith has it grown? Has it uh, stayed the same? What's your what's your experience with uh, with your faith from a, a young man? To going going through things with uh, you know teenagers, mm-hmm. uh, and you know you, I don't know if yours gone through this, but you know they start to question. Oh, absolutely! And is this really true? Is this is this just you know, historical is it? Yeah. You know, how come Christmas is the same as the pagan? Exactly. We're there. We're there right now. Co-opted, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, and so you know, and it's it's fun to just talk about these things, and and you know, think about it, explore it, find your own way, and you know, you try and guide them, but when they're eighteen, nineteen years old, you know, they got to make their own choices, and and so you know, I've just always looked at my role as kind of setting it up is, you know, you're going to make good choices. I'm going to help you make those choices. But ultimately, the choices are yours, and we're going to love you no matter what. That's great. And it's, when things become exclusionary, yeah. you know, this or else kind of a thing. If you don't believe this, then you're this. And right. we're not going to bake a cake for you because you're two men. <laughs> yeah, right, uh, right. You right. know, that, that, like, okay, is that really doing what the gospel says should be done? Right. And or is it just something you think is important because it's, it's you, you know? So right, right. It, it's, it's been evolving, uh, you, know, you know, questioning. I went through that period when I was a teenager. I thought I'd be a pastor because I loved my pastor and he was a great guy. And I thought, oh, this is the guy I want to be. Wow. And then, you know, things changed. But and so it, it's been an evolution. That's and, really interesting. Uh, and, it, and it's never, never been a day where you're like, okay, you know, I know it. Sure. Know sure. Sure. It's always like, eh. I'm just going to do my best. Right. I hope I don't mess up. Right. No, I think that's good. And I think it's so good too, that you're, you're realizing, cause that's the thing, same thing we do with our kids. I mean, the kids are kids. Like I was the same way when I look at my kids now and I'm like, man, when I was, 
when I was their age, I had so much less of a handle on anything. So no matter what they do, I'm like, they're way ahead of where I was. But we go through the same thing. It was like, they're like, well, is this really true? And, I, and you know, one of my kids definitely likes to push those buttons mm-hmm. too, even even if they believe that yeah, uh, or they don't believe that, that they want to just, they want to see where I'm at with right. that. And I think the worst thing you can do as a parent, especially if you're out, right? a believer is, is freak out, yeah. you know, and, and because some kids like to take the opposite viewpoint no matter what if you say the sky is blue they're gonna be like no it's red right you know? or they figure out like okay this really this really pushes my dad's button so i'm right. gonna do this every time i'm angry or right. i can't actually have this conversation with dad because he right. lost it so i gotta go find somebody else to talk to right. and the and the people who are watching i mean there's we always talk about there's a watching world who watches how you react to things right. a friend of my wife's had uh, an experience recently where they got into a theological conversation and she knew how to push my wife's buttons because mm-hmm. she was like, well, what if, what if your son turns out to be gay? Then what are you going to do? Are you going to gay son? Trip. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Are you going to, are you going to hate him and everything? And it's just like, <laughs> okay, well, no, because oh, yeah, what if your son turns out to be Christian? <laughs> exactly. mm-hmm. What if your son's a leper? Mm-hmm. But no, but yeah. And, and she was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to love my son no matter what. Now do I, if I believe what I say, I believe, do I think that's the best path? And that God, that's something that God would want. No, I don't. But but am I going to turn my back and kick him out of the house? Yeah. And to your point, Jim, am I not going to, am I not still going to have relationship? Because that's the one thing with our podcast is we want to show that like, once you end relationship with people, then you're done. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that doesn't do anybody any good because then the conversation is over. Right. And uh, in my life, I've seen that many times the conversation is over 20, 30, 40 years. Right. I mean, this is the last time I'm going to talk to you. We're, exactly. We're, we're done after this. Thankfully, but, you know, thankfully. For everybody else. Uh, Jim, what else, man? I don't, I don't blame you for that. <laughs> I don't know how you lasted no, 40 it, it, years it, it, with this guy. My gosh. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's been an interesting show to listen to, and you, you made me think. And, and this thing just occurred to me, and that's why I sent the email. And... Uh, it's it's such i'm so i'm so glad you did and i'm curious what what caused you to want to continue to listen to it is it just honest uh honest curiosity um i i'm I'm so glad because we want to find a winning you know winning (laughs) winning combination that we can actually take to the masses yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know if this is replicable yeah Uh, right 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 I got this from my dad. Any Anytime somebody tries to do something, somebody I know or as a friend tries to do something, I want to do whatever I can to support it. Yeah, yeah. My dad would buy life insurance policies from anybody he knew when they were starting out. <laughs> and I would just, just do it. When when he passed, we went through all these files. Like, oh, this is a $500 one here. And exactly. Was, you know, that was just the way he was. And, and so that was part of it as I saw, oh, my friend Dan's got a thing. What can I do to you know, to help, to get some likes, I'll do some comments, do some things like that. Uh, but then as I listened to, you know, you guys talking with Brian and then the other people, Nicholas was great because I like the historical context. Yeah. Uh, it, it just become, you know, interesting to have things to think about. Absolutely. No, and, I think that's uh, great, man. You know, my podcast feed is, is, is just full of, uh, you know, fluff comedy. Sure paranormal weird stuff and then yeah you guys so, uh, uh, and, you know so when i go on a walk and i got a new new christianese or a new hot topic i'll pop it in and let's see what you guys have to say so again i don't think it's replicable but i think your message is strong and if you 
uh, I think this this episode is going to double your listeners to five. Absolutely, right away, so. easily, <laughs> absolutely, uh, even six. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I think it'll be. Yeah. I think it'll be good. Jared's clone and his twin brother will both listen to this right, one. I think. Are. Yeah, yeah, yeah myself just set up your family more, and you'll you'll get them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think you just keep doing what you're doing. Keep your message sound, and people will catch on. I got to tell you, your dad too. Raleigh was one of the best best guys ever, and I didn't know him that well. But just he was always he was like there were certain dads who would come in. Like I remember when your dad would come in if we're listening to music or whatever, and he was just he was just a cool guy. And he didn't. What I loved about your dad is he didn't try too hard. Like he was just he was just who he was, and I always just was like, oh, I like that guy. You know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah, no, he was both yeah, your mom yeah, and dad. Were, good what? Your dad gave me a job one summer. He made oh, up a job for me. I remember. I couldn't find a job. I remember. Was that before you worked at KFC? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Jim was at KFC yeah. for years, and if I would go in <laughs> when Jim was working, I had Frenny biscuits and chicken oh, because with come the on. stuff they didn't sell, man, oh, he would geez. he would give to me. That was that was the best. How long were you at KFC, Jim? Oh, man. Uh, it was into college. Yeah, because every summer. You were KFC, man. I remember. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> on West yeah. Colfax there, you were KFC, buddy. That was so awesome. Yeah, this is all stuff you're going to edit out now because you need to no, tell Jared good. about Casa Bonita. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Casa Bonita. Yeah. House beautiful. Beautiful house. There was a... Um, that was our first job. That was our very first job. Jim and I were busboys. Well, basically, we were waiters slash busboys, no. right, Jim? This, this is where, when, when Jared, you brought up, it's like, you know, somebody wants to be the eyes, but somebody's got to be the butt. Right, right. Dan and I went in and applied at the same time yeah, yeah. to this restaurant that's huge. Yeah. He got hired as a waiter and an entertainer. Oh, yeah. I got hired as a dishwasher. <laughs> so I guess I'm the butt. But but Casa is still there, right, Jim? I mean, it's as far as I oh, yeah. know, it's still open. It has a has cliff divers, so has Acapulco cliff divers, so they have a 15 foot waterfall. Wait, what? Inside the restaurant. What? Yeah, they do these cliff I've dives. I've seen the divers. Dude, it's amazing. There's a swimming pool. The guys dive. They do a gunfight, and one of the guys ends what? up in the water. It's a, it's designed as an old Mexican village, so it's dark when you go inside. And oh it is absolutely, your kids, I'm telling you what, your kids they would, would love, love it. it. I Every time I go, my kids still, and my kids are 19, 17, and 15, and they still ask to go to Cospanita. <laughs> Like every yep. hour, they're shooting and diving. And yeah, stuff? it's a, Jim. Have you have you ever yeah, taken your kids? Twenty minutes. Have you ever taken your oh, kids? Yeah. Every oh. time we went, every time we went, we would go. The place is seats eleven hundred people. What? Yeah. Wow. And yeah. when it was in its heyday, and we were working there, it would turn over three or four times oh on a God. Friday. That's insane. It was it was the most yeah. incredible thing, but it was it was so cool. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Casa Bonita, awesome. Jim Rogers. It has been a, such a pleasure to talk to you. Will you come on and talk to us again if you got questions? I'd be happy to. I would love it because you're thoughtful and you've been a friend for so long and it's so great to talk to you. And uh, I'm sorry that it, it's been, it's been so long since we've talked, but I would love to have you on again. And you know, sometime what I'd love to do because you've had some experiences too. I'd love to hear how your faith has, has or has not uh, influenced your life. Like I know you were, you were involved uh, with the horrible fires a few years ago, right? Mm. Oh yeah. Well, three years ago and last year. So. Right. So wow. sometime I would love to hear yeah. how that has, uh, how that has or hasn't affected your life or whatever, but we'll, we'll do that in a separate podcast. But uh, Jim, thanks so much for listening for coming on today for that question. Just really, really appreciate it. Really yeah. And thanks for thinking through stuff. And uh, it, it's, it's good to talk to you and we will, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You're welcome. Thanks buddy. Talk to you later. Uh, how great was that? That was great. I, I mean, can, can I just say this? Yeah. 
One of the things I love about you, I just keep hearing this, is just how much you've meant to people over time. <laughs> and I can say that because I've only known you six years. But like when we talk to Craig, I know this has been true of Brian, now with Jim. <laughs> well, I prepped them all. I paid them all. Well, no, you're just, you're just a great guy. <laughs> no. Really, really an honor. It really I, is to be your friend. Oh, sure. I just so appreciate that he... How great is it that he thought about that stuff? He had a, just a great lead-in. That was a great yeah. question. Um, that was great. Like he does way more prep than we do, which makes a huge difference. And well, I, and I mean, we said it before, and we're not. This isn't hyperbolic. We figure out what we're going to talk about when we show up. <laughs> exactly. He, he. It was. It was so great to talk to him. And seriously, some of my best memories because when I switched over from junior highs i was scared to death i went yeah, to this really totally. bad junior high and got into fights all the time stuff which is not who i was but i finally reached the end of my rope and i was like i can't not fight back anymore like i just Did i just had it snapping your fingers because you were a theater major exactly, exactly. hey everybody jazz squares hey. everyone but it was like it was like michael douglas and falling down i don't know if you've, if you've ever seen that movie no. but it was the day when he'd had enough rightly or wrongly i mean i'm not saying that he was right in that movie <laughs> but like i had just had enough and i started finding myself in fights and i'm like what am i doing i'm a guy who does magic and like to jim's point i like singing in choirs and now i'm gonna fight you but I, I just had enough so when i switched junior highs i remember thinking oh my gosh i've gone to school with the same people my whole life i'm scared to death and jim was one of these people who kindly that's awesome like befriended me and it made my whole experience so great there was a whole bunch of people like that but jim was the first i, I had an experience like that on a much lesser scale when i came back right. from mexico yeah and I went to this public school for the first time. Yeah. There were people who were so kind to yeah. welcome this idiotic third culture kid who didn't know what was going on. Right. Praise God for people like that. Absolutely, because you feel like such an outsider. And, and there's like friends now 40 years later. Right, and that's that's the amazing thing is that we have still kept up these connections. And uh, I, I, I just, I really appreciate it. And I see that mm. it's interesting how God uses uses people in your lives yeah. to to think about, think through all those things. Because I remember when he was going through those fires and stuff, it was like a really, it was an interesting thing to see how he came through that because he was so strong through that. And I just, sometimes I would love to talk to him yeah, about that on air. If, if, if his faith was part of what kept him, you know, strong through that whole thing. Because man, I know if that were me, like I remember when we had the fires up here this year that were a little bit closer than they've been in a few years. Right. I was like, when we went to visit those those people that night who had... Well, you converted to Islam for a couple of days. I did for a couple of days. But then, you know what I didn't like is the prayer rugs are really itchy. They're very scratchy. They're very, very scratchy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless you get in pure cotton. If you get the Giza cotton yeah, from the MyPillow guy. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway. You guys um, have been friends longer than I've been alive. Just to explore <laughs> how old you are. <laughs> well, you know, Jared, <laughs> my hip's clicking and my bladder is leaking. Uh, this episode brought to you by Depends, everybody. Uh, this is Christianese. If you liked what you heard today, if you had any questions along the lines of what Jim was talking about or anything we brought up, feel free to email us. And hopefully at, we're showing people. If you ask a yeah. question, we'd love to have you on. Absolutely. You want to talk to three different people? Exactly. Dan and I and one, my mom? Yeah, exactly. What, wherever you are, email us at, at blessingfieldhost at gmail.com. We would love to have you on the air and talk to you about things. And if you have a friend who's got an interesting story, whether or not they're Christian or I don't care what it is, let's talk to them because worldview, that's what we want to do on this show is talk about worldview, analyze where you're at. Why do you believe what you believe? We're not going to try to give you the hard sell. We'll tell you what we think. Right. But ultimately, you and I would agree that's God's job. Right? call this like a no spin zone. I just came up, I just came up with that. So wow, I've idea. never heard that. Did you make that I up? I did, yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. No, no spin zone. No, no spin zone. So wow. The no. So what if you started the whole show with like this? The no spin starts here. I, I like that. That's a good idea. I think that's good. Yeah, we could be like America's most trusted network. Trademark. 
<laughs> you had to get the fart in on Fox News, didn't you? Whatever, MSNBC. All right, everybody. Uh, coronavirus will take Jared out very soon. I'm convinced God has given me a word of knowledge about that. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this is Christian News. I don't know why I just got a laugh, but I did. I think it's probably because I. I think it's probably because I. I hit the wrong. I hit the wrong button. But you know what? It still works, everybody. Uh, Barb, take us out. That is Barb Stout on the organ, by the way. Jim Rogers, thank you so much for joining us. Jared, thank you. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you. We'll see you next time, Christianese. Thank mm-hmm. you.